Hey, it's me, Gino V, and the place to be. Thank you so much for clicking play on this podcast. It means the world to me. Uh, if you like it, or even if you don't like it, hit the subscribe button. It doesn't take that much effort to just hit a button, right? Leave me a review and a rating. That helps us out. That would be wonderful. Uh, if you do have an extra 30 seconds, you can download for free an app called Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R, and Anchor is a podcasting app where you get to type in uh, Gino Slice of Life in the search bar. When you find us, you can send us a voice message. So you could be on next week's show. Ask a question, leave a comment, whatever you want. That's through the Anchor app. And uh, no matter what you do, thank you so much for listening. No more, no more homework for you. You don't have to do anything else, but just sit back, relax, and enjoy. Uh, I do up top rant about the upcoming Hootie and the Blowfish tour, so if you don't want to hear that, you can fast forward five minutes. It won't break my heart. And then we really get into it. We talk about the controversy with Baby It's Cold Outside, talk about fake outrage, and uh, Kevin Hart, the Oscars, everything that happened last week, talk about taking poops at work. And uh, I also make a couple prank phone calls, and some other fun stuff happens too. I really enjoyed this one. I hope you do too. So uh, thank you for listening. Without any do, without any do, do do, without any further ado, <laughs> is Gino slice of life. Hey there, welcome to the show. Is it a show? I don't know. Could we call this a show? It's a podcast. So welcome to the podcast. How's your week? Are you having a good week? I hope you are. Here we are in the second week of December. Somehow 2018 has flown by. And um, I don't know. I don't know what to think about it. It was, a, I mean, we say this every year, but I think this was the, the fastest year I've ever, ever felt. And um, And I don't have much to show for it. I dyed the gray hairs out of my beard a few times and um, gained a couple pounds, lost a couple pounds. That was pretty much it. I really wanted to have more to show for this year than I do, but oh well, what are you going to do? Let's go get them next year, right? I'll tell you what did happen this past week. And those of you who have listened to the show before or who know me know how excited I am about this. I mean, just ecstatic. Like a kid on Christmas, I heard about two weeks ago that out of nowhere... That my favorite band in the world, Hootie and the Blowfish, was going to be on Jimmy Fallon on Monday night. And uh, I thought, this is crazy. I mean, you have to understand, they haven't. They were on David Letterman's last couple week of shows to commemorate, you know, David Letterman discovered them, in a sense. He put them on his show, and they went huge when Hold My Hand came out back in 1994. So they did that, but other than that, they haven't been on late night TV and forever, and obviously, if you know anything about country music, Darius Rucker, their lead singer, he's had a huge, huge country career the past 10 years, but as far as Hootie, the band, what once was the biggest band in the world back in the mid-90s, you know, they became so huge that they, in a sense, became a punchline, and everyone made fun of them, and they could never recapture that huge success of their first album. Which, by the way, next year, it's going to be 25 years since they put out that first album, Cracked Review. But this isn't a whole <laughs> hootie lesson here. What, what I'm saying is, 
It's been a long time since they've been around. It's been 13 years since they've put out an album. It's been a decade since they've gone on tour together. Um, I made sure every year to see them at least once when they did tour. Like I said, my favorite band in the world. I have many, many Hootie stories. I won't get into them now. I'll save them for a later date. But the point is, I love them. I love them with all my heart and soul. They're one of the few things I have left of like my childhood and my teen years. You know, when I think about it sometimes, my parents have gone. I have no brothers or sisters. Uh, the friends I had in high school, we've all parted ways. I don't keep in touch with any of them. The friends I have, you know, even from my 20s, they're grown up now. You know, although we still talk, you know, everyone's doing their own thing. Everyone's married, has kids. The one constant that's remained in my life has been freaking Hootie and the Blowfish. So anyway, I see that they're going to be on Jimmy Fallon on Monday. And I right away go to the, the Facebook page, which is for all the Hootie fans. Us nerds all get together and discuss what's, what's what, what, let's speculate what's going on. Are they going to do a Christmas song? Are they going to do a brand new song? What are they going to do? So we all discuss that. And then it's announced that not only are they going to be on Jimmy Fallon that night, they're going to be on the Today Show that morning, and they have a big announcement. So now the blood is pumping. Now we're excited. What's it going to be? I guarantee they're going to do a new song. I can't wait to hear what a new Hootie song would sound like after 13 years. And they have a big announcement, too. And we're like, it's going to be a tour. It's definitely going to be a tour. This is huge. So, sure enough, I uh, get up bright and early on Monday morning to watch the Today Show. And uh, no new song. They did their old classics time and let her cry and hold my hand and stuff like that but they announced a brand new tour 2019 with the bare naked ladies and i thought when they were going to go on tour they're going to play smaller venues you know it's you know bear in mind this was a band that when they were touring 10 or so years ago i would beg friends and no one would go with me i would have to go to these shows by myself uh sometimes i was seeing them in i remember there's a place not too far away. It was an old Chuck E. Cheese converted into a little little concert venue. I saw them there by myself, just hanging out. And uh, now it's amazing what, what what going away and what nostalgia can do. They went away for 10 years. Now they've come back. Everybody's nostalgia is in high gear. Now they're this tour with the Bare Naked Ladies. They're playing Madison Square Garden. They're playing big arenas and stuff again like they did back in the mid-90s. It's huge. And as excited as I was about it, I jump on to get tickets, <laughs> and you'd have thought they were the Rolling Stones or something. I couldn't find any tickets on the floor for, for less than like $500 now, and it's gone up. Sometimes I'm seeing some tickets fluctuate $1,000. Now, these aren't the original prices. Apparently, Ticketmaster has this weird thing where they, they set the prices based on the demand. So there's a huge demand now for these tickets. The prices were maybe a hundred bucks. Now they're up to five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred, even a thousand dollars for tickets. What? When I first saw them back in the nineties, it was fifteen dollars to see them, and they had the number one album in the country back then. The same week I saw them, they had the number one album in the country, and it was fifteen dollars to see them. And now it's fifteen hundred dollars for some tickets. It's insane. And I'm a little bit of a snob when it comes to my hootie shows. I'm not going to sit in the back. I have to be in the floor, I have to be close to the stage, because it's an experience, and believe me, I've sat in the back before, and when you sit way in the back at a concert, you might as well just be home with your stereo blasting. 
you're essentially watching other people have fun at a concert while you sit there. I don't know. Not a fan of sitting in the back. Gotta sit in the floor. Now here we go. What do I do? Do I start a GoFundMe so I can see freaking Hootie and the Blowfish? This might be their last tour. So I don't know. It's not till next summer. I have a ways to save up some money and to think about it. Maybe I can get some uh, from a scalper or from someone who needs to get rid of their tickets last minute. We'll figure it out. I don't even know what city I'm going to see them in. Might see them in New York City. Maybe I'll see them in Los Angeles. Maybe I'll see them somewhere else. So that's my Hootie story for the week. You know, we are in the uh, in the thick here of the holiday season. It's Christmas time. It feels good. Christmas music everywhere. Christmas lights and decorations. And with that comes Christmas music and the big controversy this past week of the old Baby It's Cold Outside song. Obviously, you're familiar with this. You've seen it everywhere. The song, Baby It's Cold Outside. It's a classic, so they tell me. I've never liked it. It's always been a weird song to me, just from the standpoint of the the timing is all weird. She sings a line, and then he cuts her off, and then, I don't know. It seems like it's it's a difficult song to sing, just timing-wise. And now everyone's saying that it's offending people. One radio station pulled the song from their lineup, and they're the one who made the headline that everyone is arguing about now on Facebook. This idea that it's offending people, and and everyone's up in arms now about Baby It's Cold Outside. I'll be honest with you. I'm the last person to get offended. I used to make jokes strictly to offend people. But probably five years ago now, I called this. I remember hearing it. And never really paying attention before. And turning to my girlfriend and saying, Isn't this song kind of creepy? Like this girl clearly wants to leave and he keeps pulling her back, pulling her back. She's wondering what he put in her drink. And I know it was innocent when the time, when it came out, when the song was written. I have no problem with it. But when you listen to it in today's climate, it feels a little weird. And this was five years ago. Then I remember last year playing the song as a radio DJ on the air. I remember it being in our lineup of songs for Christmas time, and I said on the air, isn't it weird that we still play this song with everything going on now? I feel like someone's going to be bothered by it, but here it is. Here's Baby It's Cold Outside, creepy little song. And I played it, and no one said anything, and now this year, boom, now it's a big thing. But you know why it's a big thing? I need to tell you, we need to talk about this. It's not a real thing, you guys. This isn't a real controversy. This is made up. This is occurring... Because this radio station went public and said, we are banning the song. Apparently they've had complaints or whatever it was. We're banning this song. Because they said that, it became a thing now that we all have to talk about and put in our two cents. As if it's a real controversy. As if people, that many people are really offended by it. It's not. It's not a real thing. If that radio station just stopped playing the song and didn't make it a press release that they had stopped playing the song, no one would care. If I did it last year, if I saw Baby It's Cold Outside in the lineup and I didn't play it, no one would care. No one would miss the song. It was the fact that they made it an announcement, we've banned the song. Now everyone's up in arms and arguing with each other about the song. It's a made-up controversy. No one really cares. The real people who are offended by it, it's probably a very, very minute group of people but we all feel like we gotta make our voices heard and argue about it's like uh, you ever see on Facebook when people are defending pit bulls as if there's millions of people rallying against pit bulls 
There's not. There's probably like a small amount of people who, who don't like pit bulls. And now there's a war. Or breastfeeding. I'm sure it makes some people uncomfortable every once in a while. You're not used to seeing boobies out. But it's not this war against breastfeeding as people would make you believe. Where we got to keep fighting back against these people who are... Or, no one cares. Kevin Hart last week. Kevin Hart was asked to host the Oscars. Then some people found some old tweets from 2010 where I guess I don't know the the gist of it, but apparently he made fun of gay people, whatever he did. It was eight years ago. The Oscars asked him to apologize. He said, nah, I'm not apologizing. It was eight years ago. I've already addressed this and moved on. And then he withdrew from hosting the Oscars. People made a big thing of it. Do you really think that many people are offended about something Kevin Hart tweeted eight years ago? No. Probably a very small group of people. But this is the world we're living in now where whatever you say on, on Twitter, it's just a mess. I, I, it gives me a headache. I'm sick of talking about it. The point is, it's not a, nothing's real. No one's really outraged about anything. I don't even believe it. I think we just want to hear ourselves talk. We want to fight about everything. All these memes now and people posting about baby, it's cold outside, and they're fighting like an imaginary other group of people. I can't even, I'm, I'm sick of even having this conversation. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. I don't know what we're doing. Fighting with each other. Just to hear ourselves talk. That's all we want. Look at me. Here I am. Talking into a microphone now. It's going into a computer that I'm going to upload and try to get you to listen to. Because everyone wants to hear themselves talk. Everyone wants to be heard. Shut up. And by the way, Kevin Hart, it's not a loss for him. Kevin Hart not hosting the Oscars is nothing. First of all, you don't get paid a lot to host the Oscars. Second of all, the dude is the highest paid comedian like in the history of comedy. He sells out football stadiums. The guy's humongous. He's a millionaire I don't know how many times over. He's going to be all right. All of these are non-issues. Which for some reason, there's this built-in thing in us that we have to keep arguing with each other. We have to keep looking for things to argue about. I don't know. Just shut up. Listen, Baby It's Cold Outside, it's not that good of a song. It's kind of like the National Anthem. I don't know what we get all worked up about songs that aren't that good for. If you like the song, keep playing it. If you don't, don't. But uh, what are we doing? Fighting these fake battles. All the time. Fake battles. While, while real world shit is zooming past us. People starving and dying. Shooting each other and dying of overdoses. And here we are. Here we are fighting the good fight. About a song. Speaking of Christmas time, we are in the second week of December here. I was reading an article earlier that said by this time, uh, at least one third of people are already burned out on Christmas. Uh... Do you feel that way? Are you are you just done with Christmas already before it's even here? They say holiday burnout is a very real thing. According to a new survey, more than one out of three people say they usually get burned out on the holidays before Christmas. They say the top things that cause this holiday burnout, shopping, obviously. I don't I don't ever start shopping until Christmas Eve, so uh, crowds, crowds really bother people. Long lines, buying presents. This is all the same thing over and over. Cooking. Is cooking really make you, uh, Who's doing all this holiday cooking a month before Christmas anyway? Uh, constantly hearing holiday music. 45% of people say that burns them out before Christmas even gets here. I love, love me some, some holiday music. Wrapping presents is on here. Non-stop Christmas commercials. 
that stuff doesn't bother me at all. You know what does bother me? When Christmas is over. The day after Christmas bothers the hell out of me. No more holiday commercials or holiday music or Christmas movies on TV. It's like someone just shuts a switch and boom, that's it. I hate it. Hate it when the holidays are over. (sighs) And listen, I get it. The holiday season can be stressful for a lot of people. They can be sad if you're alone or maybe if you've lost a loved one. But I say just try to embrace it while it's here because without the holidays, without Christmas and New Year's and all this good cheer, what do you have? You have cold weather, darkness, you got clouds. Trust me. Just do yourself a favor. Put on a red sweater. Sing Deck the Friggin' Halls. Grin and bear every second of it with your family. And enjoy the shit out of this time of year. Because cause it's going to be gone soon. Alright? Or else Santa's going to come down your chimney and put a bunch of coal in your stocking. Or even worse, maybe Santa will bring you socks if you keep being a, a Scrooge about it. But what's worse than getting socks on Christmas? Actually, I don't mind getting socks anymore. But remember what a huge letdown it was to get socks for Christmas when you were a kid? What a straight-up kick in the nards that was. Like, all you wanted to do was open up toys and stuff you could play with and and hear you rip open a bag of socks. Oh, that was the worst. Now it's kind of nice, though. I've taken a real liking to socks lately. I have different, different colored socks, socks with bananas on them, socks with tacos on them. Socks with astronauts on them. I got a pair of socks with palm trees on them. I'm really starting to enjoy socks like I never had before. Anyway, the point is enjoy the holidays. And that's that. Because it's going to be over soon. And it's going to be dark and dreary for months and cold. All right? All right, let's... You know what? With that being said, let's prank call someone. It's been a while since I've prank called anyone. I'm not good at prank calls. I used to have a, a segment on a podcast years ago... And I was doing, like, a character version of myself. It was the Gino show starring Gino, where I played kind of a, a dimwit egomaniac. Uh, which I guess isn't too far removed from who I am. But anyway, I used to have the segment where I would call a Chinese restaurant and request a song. So I'd call a Chinese restaurant as if I was calling a radio station. I would ask to hear uh, an Ed Sheeran song or something like that. And, and it was fun. It was funny because they couldn't understand me. I couldn't really understand them. Right now, thinking about that, even though that was like uh, four years ago now, it seems a little racist. So I'm not going to do that. But let's um, let's have a little fun anyway. And let's just... Um, I'm going to call a Walmart in Wichita, Kansas. And um, I'm going to ask them... I don't know. I'll ask them a question. I'll ask them what time the Britney... <laughs> I'll ask them what time the Britney Spears concert is. <clears throat> so here's here's a brand new segment. Calling a Walmart asking what time the Britney Spears concert is. There we go. All right. Do you know what time the the Britney Spears concert is? The what? The Britney Spears concert. Do you know what time it is? No, uh, sir, I have no clue. 
Oh, all right. Bye. Bye. She didn't know. She. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me happy, but it does. So there you go. Thanks. Thanks for partaking in that. What else is in the news? Hey, this says you'll spend eight months of your life on the toilet. Eight whole months of your life you'll spend on the toilet. New study found the average person spends just over 15 minutes a day on the toilet. Some of that time is spent making pee-pee. Some is spent making a poopy. And some is spent just contemplating life or maybe just scrolling on social media, trying to get away from everybody. But it adds up to about two hours a week that you spend on the potty. And altogether, it says... Spend about eight months total of your life sitting on the toilet. That's a shitty way to spend our time, isn't it? Come on, Chino. You could do better than that. It's not, though. It's Being on the toilet's enjoyable. Unless you've really got something bad and painful going on. I love my toilet time. Uh, also, according to this survey or study, one-fifth of us feel weird if we don't have our phone with us on the toilet. One-fifth. I think that number is probably way higher, don't you? Everyone takes their phone to the toilet. As gross as it sounds, everyone does. Uh, The majority of men think it's weird to use a a urinal right next to another guy if there are other urinals open. 65% of men surveyed say it's unacceptable to use a urinal next to me if there's other urinals open. I get it. I understand that. Women are more likely than men to strike up a conversation in a public bathroom. That makes sense. Guys don't want to be talked to while they're making a pee-pee by some strange other guy. But uh, it reminds me, (laughs) speaking of Hootie earlier, one time many moons ago, I had the great pleasure of being in a New York City bathroom with with Darius. With Darius Rucker from Hootie. He had just released an R&B album, and he did a, a record release party. In New York City, after the show, he was peeing. I happened to walk in, and I know what you're thinking. I know you're thinking, oh, you creepo, you followed him into the bathroom. No, I didn't. I honestly didn't know he was in there. I went in to take a pee. It was a very small bathroom. And um, it was very awkward. Well, it was very awkward for him, I think, because I was so ecstatic that I felt the need to talk to him while we were peeing. And um, I tried to make conversation, and it was awkward. But, um... But later on that night, before I left, he gave me a big hug and he, he called me a good friend. And um, and I'm not a good friend. I've only met him a couple times, but uh, that was very nice of him. So there you go. Sometimes it's nice to strike up conversations with people you don't know in the bathroom. Try it next time. See what happens. What's the worst that can happen? Someone punches you in the nose? Uh, what else on this survey? One in three people on this same survey say sitting on the toilet is one of the only times they get to be by themselves on a daily basis. That's sad. Enjoy your toilet time. I'll tell you what. I know a lot of people that, that say they only use the toilet when they're at home. As far as sitting down and making a number two. Some people are only comfortable in their own home to make a duty. And uh, as comfortable and cozy and protected as you feel in your home bathroom. I still say there's no more rewarding duty than the duty you take at your job. Because for that duty... You're getting paid. Have you ever thought about the beauty in that? Have you ever thought about how amazing it is when you're, when you're going to the bathroom at, at your work and you're thinking, I'm getting paid to poop right now. I'm getting paid to poop. It's a beautiful thing. Spend all, And the beauty is no one can mess with you. 
No one can say, Johnson, why are you spending all the time in the bathroom? That was a long potty break. No, they can't do that. You could have diarrhea. You could have something going on. They have to keep their mouth shut. You could spend 45 minutes in the bathroom if you want. You're getting paid to poop, and no one can say anything about it. And that, my friends, is one of the most beautiful things in life. And also in poop-related news, in case you're wondering, uh, I also saw this story this week, which is said, have you ever wondered, have you ever sat there and wondered, if for some reason I ate a Lego, how long would it take me to poop out that Lego? Well, ask yourself no more, because five volunteers ate Legos to see how long it would take, and the amount of time that the Lego took to pass through one's body and out their duty hole is 1.71 days. That was the average. Just under two days. Five people <laughs> volunteered for this. They willingly ate a Lego. They monitored their, their fecal matter. 1.71 days. Just under two days. If you ever eat a Lego, you'll know that, you know, this too shall pass in less than two days. I'll tell you what I've been doing lately. I've been trying to downsize. I'm tired from it, man. Ah, oh, man. You know, I'm because I'm, I'm thinking about moving soon. I want to go somewhere else now. It's time to, to move to another city and to pursue other things soon. And with that comes downsizing. Throwing things away, going through stuff, packing certain things in totes, seeing what you can part with, what you can keep somewhere, what you want to bring with you. And there's no more bigger pain in the world than moving. It's, it's the one of the worst things on earth. It's unreal all the stuff we accumulate as humans to fill these empty holes in our bodies and in our souls. It really is. You have no clue at all until you actually start to go through it. Until you start to open every drawer and realize what a hoarder you've become because you're saving every receipt and every screw and every sticker and package and note you've written to yourself. And I mean, it's, it's overwhelming. And I know there's certain people out there, God bless you, if you're one of these people who gets rid of things immediately, you, you're on the right track. You're doing a good thing for your future self. But boy, past me really wanted to screw future me royally, and, and it's, just, it's just unreal, all the stuff I have. And now you're forced with, it's, it's tough to let things go. You know, you're forced with, uh, should I throw this out? Am I going to need this one day? And that's where the hoarding mentality really comes in. That's how, if you've seen the show Hoarders, this is how it all starts. This idea of, ooh, I might need this one day. Let me stick it in a drawer. Before you know it, you're walking through piles of dead cats, garbage bags everywhere, boxes. It really is like the old us is playing a trick on the future us. Like, I don't have to deal with it. You deal with it. I don't know how people do it. I don't know how people move to new cities. It just seems like such a chore. It's overwhelming. That's probably why people stay in situations where they're unhappy because the, the moving process is so overwhelming. And the problem is I don't have a home base. Like, it's one thing if you have your parents there, you can store some stuff with your parents, have your old room to come back to or an, an old basement to go back and look at all your stuff. You just keep it there. And, um, and I don't know. I don't know where I'm going to end up. Am I going to end up across the country? Am I going to end up a few hours away? Where am I going to end up? What am I supposed to do with all this stuff? I know that the more you throw out, the more you do get rid of, it's relieving, and it is freeing. The more stuff I get rid of, the more free I, I feel, but also I feel like I'm getting nowhere because just more stuff keeps popping up. Bins and bins of DVDs. It's unreal the amount of money I've spent on DVDs, and, and we don't even use them anymore. 
They're virtually obsolete with Netflix and Hulu and everything. And every week, a few years ago, I would every single week I'd go to a like a five dollar DVD bin at Walmart or at a gas station and buy some weird DVD. And, and there's tons of them. Why do I have so many DVDs? Why do I have so many notebooks? You'd you'd lose your mind if you saw the amount of notebooks I have with like four pages written in and then tossed to the side. I always loved the idea of getting a new notebook and starting a new creative endeavor. And then I would write a couple pages and put it to the side. I have so many notebooks, so many DVDs, so many receipts, and shirts. Why do I have so many black shirts? Anyway, you know what? Speaking of downsizing, let's downsize this podcast. We'll end it right here. And um, you know what we'll do? We'll do one more prank phone call. Would that make everybody happy? All right, let's, uh, let's pick a city here. We just called a Walmart in Wichita, Kansas. Let's call... Des Moines, Iowa pops out to me. So let's call. Do we want to call another Walmart? No, let's call something different. Let's call. Let's call. Let's Google grocery store Des Moines, Iowa. Oh, the first one that pops up is New Oriental Foods. And I can't. That's that's risking. Um, I don't want to mess with any Asian people. It's not nice. Korean grocery store. Why? Oh my God! They're all all right. We're gonna call a we're gonna call a grocery store in Des Moines, Iowa. Here we go. I hope everyone has a wonderful week. By the way, as a, as I dial this number, hope you have a wonderful week and a weekend. And um, don't forget to like us and review us and subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen. iTunes definitely do it on iTunes and go to the Anchor app. Download Anchor. It'll take you 30 seconds. Type in Gino Slice of Life to search for us. And then you can record a message. You can say hello. You can interact with us. Ask us a question. And uh, and maybe you'll be on the next episode. All right? All right, here. Let's call this grocery store real quick. Des Moines, Iowa. Save a lot. Hello? Hello? Is this... Uh, this... Can I help you? Yeah, can I place an order to go? This is Save a Lot Grocery Store. Okay, great. I'll, I'll do a. Is there, do you have pepperoni pizzas? Sir, we don't take orders over the phone. This is a grocery store. Oh, do you do, do you take the orders online, or I come in and order the pizza? Oh, this is <laughs> this is not a pizza. We don't have a kitchen here at the store. Oh. Just a, gro- a plain grocery store. I'm sorry. Merry Christmas, then. I'm sorry. I'm a fool. That's okay. <laughs> right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There you go. She was, what a kind lady. I don't like to be mean in my prank calls. I don't have that in me. But it's still fun to mess with people. So there you go. Thank you for listening to Gino's Slice of Life. Have a beautiful week. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, remember. Less cheese, more sauce in your life. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.